there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today, we're looking into what we know about this new coronavirus that showed up in China late last year and has since been found in at least 18 other countries. In the US, five people who recently visited China were diagnosed with this virus. And on January 30th, we heard that the husband of one of those people is now also infected. It's the first case of human-to-human transmission in the US. And while this is very much a moving target, since the outbreak, scientists have been scrambling to understand this virus. We went to Dr. Catherine Paulus. She's an infectious disease expert. Catherine used to work at the National Institutes of Health, and she's now at Penn State Health in Pennsylvania. If we started to have cases here at the hospital, I would be on the front lines of this. And what's happening in your hospital right now? Right now, we're preparing for, I think, a very real possibility that we may see one of these cases or even more than that here. One of the initial fears about this virus was that it would survive floating around in the air. That is, it would be airborne. If true, it would mean that you could get infected from someone just breathing near you. Some other viruses act like this. So for measles, for example, if you walk into a room where someone with measles has been, even within two hours, you could potentially get infected. Oh, wow. But Catherine says that other similar coronaviruses that we know about, they mostly don't spread through the air. She thinks this disease is spreading a different way. So most coronaviruses are spread through droplets. Somebody coughs or sneezes, they form a respiratory droplet, and that comes in contact with someone, their eyes, they breathe it in, they touch their mouth, something like that. With droplet transmission, the droplets fall pretty quickly. They're not hanging out in the air for you to breathe them in. So that is how we are assuming that this is spread, but we don't have the full information yet. So can you give me a little more details, given this is unfolding, why do scientists think that currently this is just spread through droplets? Like, what are the clues that you're using to get that information? That most of the cases so far have been very close contacts if they've been spread outside of China. So, for example, there have been a couple reported instances of human-to-human transmission in other countries besides China. So places like um, Germany and Vietnam. So a traveler had gone there and they came back and they spread it to somebody. But those cases were in very close contact with the person that was sick. They were staying in the same hotel room, touching the same things. If something is airborne, you would have 10, 20 people potentially infected that wouldn't be close contacts. And that's not what we're seeing. So can someone spread this before they start getting symptoms? That's a question that everyone would like to know the answer to. So there's been some reports coming out about that, that there are potentially people that have spread this before they're experiencing symptoms. But we are still learning a lot more about these cases to see what might be going on. Most respiratory viruses are the most contagious when people are having symptoms. 
you know, even if one person spreads it when they're asymptomatic, the majority of people are not going to. So for every person who is sick, on average, how many people will they spread it to? So that gets into a concept called a basic reproduction number or an r not value. And that value sort of tells us how many people someone could potentially spread the virus to. So for example, if you had an r not value that was less than one, an outbreak would die out because each person is not able to spread to one additional person. Once you get above one, an outbreak can sustain itself. The virus will continue to exist. It won't die off on its own. So what they've reported on this is a range between 1.5 and 3, but with a lot of uncertainty about those numbers. So if you look at it in isolation, one person could potentially have the ability to spread to one and a half to three other people. As a comparison, when scientists look at this number for the flu, it's about 1.3. And for measles, the R value is roughly 15. Yeah, measles is bonkers contagious. So this new coronavirus, scientists are currently thinking it's between 1.5 and 3. So now just moving on to what people should be doing about this. If you live in China, you know, should you be wearing a mask We're seeing a lot of people with with masks. Do do they actually work? We don't know how well they work, but I expect that they provide some protection. So at the very least, they probably keep people from touching their mouth after they've, you know, maybe touched something that somebody's coughed on or something along those lines. But Catherine says where we go wrong is that we slip our grubby fingers under the mask when we eat, when we scratch our face, and the virus can sneak in that way. Yeah, it's totally defeating the purpose of the mask. It probably provides some protection, but it shouldn't be relied on by people that that's going to protect them definitively. And don't use the mask to substitute for other ways to prevent infection, like good hand washing and not being in contact with people that are sick. Have there been studies that literally show when you wash your hands, it reduces the risk of infection? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think washing your hands is the number one most important thing you can do to prevent infection. Ah, who would have thought that your best weapon in the battle against an outbreak is a humble bar of soap? When do you think this will end? I think that the next two weeks will give us a lot more information about whether this will be contained primarily in China or whether this will become a global epidemic. And Catherine told us that For now, this doesn't seem as scary as some of us might be thinking. So I actually went into infectious disease because I saw the movie Outbreak when I was like 11 year old. (laughs) So I don't think this is going to be Outbreak, but I do watch these respiratory viruses very closely because they certainly have the potential to spread and make a lot of people very sick. Right. And speaking of uh, outbreak and worst case scenarios, just a couple of months ago, we created our own worst case scenario pandemic episode. And you've listened to it. And, and I was just wondering, you know, how are things panning out differently in this case? 
Yeah, that was terrifying. I listened to that, and that was a very terrifying outbreak that you created. I think the good things that we know already, one of the first things you said in that podcast was that every person was infecting 10 more. I certainly don't think that's happening with this virus. And another thing you had mentioned was the mortality rate, which I believe was 40%. I certainly don't think we're anywhere near those numbers. So you know, I think those things are reassuring and we just need to watch and see how the next couple of weeks shape up and how well this virus is able to be controlled moving forward. So scientists have started to get a handle on how this thing is spreading. But where did it come from in the first place? And how worried is the man who advises the President of the United States about all this? To find out, you have to listen to our whole episode on this coronavirus. To do that, you can search for Science Versus, that's Science VS, and click on Coronavirus. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time.